the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry and ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, he's played saxophone with such artists as Ray Charles, Natalie Cole, Celine Dion, Luther Vandross, and Rod Stewart. And as if seven number one contemporary jazz albums and nine Grammy nominations aren't enough, Dave Cause is also the host of an award-winning Dave Cause radio show and has a serious XM show as well. Plus, he's an entrepreneur with a restaurant, he's got a brand of wine, and he moonlights as a philanthropist. If, like us, you are wondering how the heck he does it all, you're going to get the scoop right now. Dave Kazana show today. Gonna chase your blues away. Welcome to the show, Dave. Wow. That's the best introduction I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> 25 <laughs> years of doing it, and you three have uh, just made my career. Wow. Well, you just made our career by saying that. (laughs) Well, maybe we should just stop the interview right now and just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just stop it when it's good. Once I start talking, it kind of goes down. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling that's not going to happen. We're willing to take that chance, Dave. Okay. All right. Let's agree to go forward. Let's do it. Yes. Okay. So you started out in Richard Marks' band. You played saxophone in the 80s, and then you decided on doing a solo career. So what prompted the move from, you know, band member to solo artist? Uh, You've done your homework. I played in a couple of other artists' bands, and I was very happy being a sideman. Like one of these, I'd never had designs on being a solo performer and making records. I just was very happy, kind of a shy kid. Still am kind of shy, except when I'm on stage. But um, I think it was just having certain people along the way that noticed something in me that I didn't even notice myself. Okay, what did they say that was? Well, one guy was named Jeff Lorber, who still to this day is a great friend of mine, and I got another guy named Bobby Caldwell, great singer. And those were my first two gigs. I played in each of their bands. Okay. And they kind of nurtured me along the path of kind of taking center stage, okay. even though I was a support player in each of their bands. They both said to me, you know, you really should make your own records. And then came Richard Marks. Okay. And then I started making, at the, all these guys urging, I went into the studio and started making some demos. And that demo tape... And it was a tape back then, yeah. <laughs> cassette tape, actually, uh-huh. that wound up on the desk of a guy named Bruce Lonval, who was one of the executives at Capitol Records. Okay. And for some reason, he heard something in there that he felt uh, was captivating, and he signed me to Capitol Records in 1987. Okay. And, um, and then I made records for Capitol for 20 years, and uh, then I switched labels uh, a few years ago to okay. Concord. But it's been a wild ride. This year, it's 25 years since my first album came out. That's crazy. Now, was it the third one was your first Grammy nomination? Let's see. I think the first Grammy nomination was a Christmas album, believe it or not, called Smooth Jazz Christmas. Okay. And that came out in, I think it was around uh, 2001. Mm -hmm. Now, was it difficult to go from playing in a band to taking center stage? Was that an easy transition for you or did you have to kind of learn the ropes of that well i think the ropes are you guys are artists yourselves you understand that there's so much more to it than just the performance aspect Mm -hmm. of being an artist there's all the other things that go into it so i think that was the part that was a little bit more of an adjustment for me okay Um, the performance part of it i think you know whether you're a support player or your your name is the one that's on the marquee it's really all kind of the same thing which is you're 
given this gift, whatever your unique gift is, and it's about sharing it in whatever way that's presented to you. So for me, it was like, okay, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm going to do this. You okay. know, it was never something that I thought about, but there I was in the position to lead a band and and go out on tour and 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 make the most of it. And I I grew up listening to um, all kinds of music. I was I played in a top forty band. I played in a, okay. a wedding band. That you know did bar mitzvahs and stuff. I knew what entertaining was about. Okay, so right. That was that was part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Nine-time Grammy nominee and saxophonist Dave Koz here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You play three different kinds of saxophones, right? Yeah, um, soprano, alto, and tenor okay. uh, on a kind of normal basis. And then I do play the baritone once in a while, but that's way too heavy to lug around. Okay. <laughs> now, do saxophonists, do they usually stick to just one? Yeah, um, if you think about the people that have had the biggest impact in the world of saxophone playing, like, um, do you guys know about David Sanborn by any chance? Yes. yes. David Sanborn is known as an alto saxophone player. Okay. Uh, Kenny G, of course, I mean, he plays all the instruments, but he's known as a soprano player, I think, uh-huh. mostly, you know, okay. for the, the straight soprano that he plays. And I started on alto, that was my first instrument, so I think most people associate me with the alto sax, but... Uh-huh. I do love playing the other instruments, and I think a different personality comes out okay. when I'm playing soprano and, and, and tenor as well. Okay, mm-hmm. so what would be the different personality that comes out? Soprano is such a light, kind of airy instrument, and I play this curved soprano. If, if anybody, any of your listeners have ever seen me play live or, or one, of, one of our concerts or even on YouTube, when I play soprano, I play this little baby curved soprano, okay. uh, which is different looking. It looks like a little toy, actually, okay. and I've said this mm. before, and I'll say it again right here on the radio with you ladies. The reason I play that uh, sax is because it makes me look big, because <laughs> I'm kind of a small statured gentleman, <laughs> only five six. Five, six and a half. Okay. And when you're five, six, every half, half inch every counts. Every half inch counts. true. <laughs> so uh, when I play the soprano sax, it makes me look bigger. And when I play the tenor, I look like about uh, four feet tall. But uh, <laughs> okay. I'm not complaining. So do you have a favorite one? I think that the alto is probably my, because it was the instrument that I started, you started on. on yeah. But I'll tell you a very quick story that happened just on Saturday night. My band and I have been on tour opening for Barry Manilow. Yes. And uh, we played a show in Chicago, and I was playing a song on my beloved tenor saxophone, which is, a, for those of you who follow, probably nobody in your audience, but <laughs> for those of you who understand saxophone, it was a Selmer Mark VI. It was my prized possession. It was born the year that I was born, in oh. 1963. Okay. And um, I was playing it, and my strap broke, and the saxophone fell oh. out of my hands and onto, like, slid across the stage. Oh. It looked like, you know, something that Keith Richards might have done, you right. know, with a guitar. Oh. It was yeah. very rock and roll, but I was mortified, first of all, because this happened in front of 10,000 people, Barry yeah. Manilow's audience. Secondly, you know, that's my... Baby. Your baby, yes. Right. It fell on the floor. It was, uh, and I, I heard the gasp, the collective gasp <sighs> of 10,000 people going, oh my God. <gasps> you know? and, um, so, so you couldn't pass for, it off as if that was supposed to happen. <laughs> no, I tried to. I mean, I tried to slough it off. but uh, So was the instrument okay then? No. The oh, instrument no. will probably make it through it's in the hospital as we say oh. right now uh my repairman who's uh, a very old and cranky russian man in los angeles uh i took it to him yesterday in fact and um he 
as he always does, gets mad at me. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yell, he yells at me. Oh, no. You know? So did anyone catch this moment on their iPhone? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but it could have very well. Yeah. Very uh, we might see it, it resurface, yeah. right? Okay. You tell me, tell me what it looks like if oh. you find it. Okay. Wow. So, but it will be okay? Will it sound the same? I think it's going to be okay. Okay. Um, Saxophones are very, very temperamental, and they're very fragile. And um, uh, my sister, who traveled with me on one trip to Africa, South Africa, um, and I stayed in South Africa, and I had her take one of my horns home. And the best way that I could describe to her, I said, just imagine this horn being Jenna. And Jenna is her younger daughter. Okay. Uh, I said, yeah. just imagine that this is Jenna, and just care for it like you would your daughter. Yeah. And so to this day, she still refers to my that horn as, how's Jenna? How's Jenna? <laughs> that was a very Cute. smart way of you to put that. <laughs> okay, now we got to talk about you added the Dave Cos Radio Show in 94. So what led you to expand into radio? Well, that was along the lines of my whole career, like... I've been very open to opportunities, okay. and a friend of mine who was involved in radio uh, came up to me and he said, I believe that you could host your own radio show, and I was like, well, I've never done radio, what makes you think that? He said, you know, we want to have a, a uh, radio show from an artist's perspective. Yeah. Okay. I said, well, I'll try it, and so I had a lot of great teachers and worked with a lot of people who knew a lot more than I did. It's been uninterrupted on the air for over 20 years on the weekends and it's a jazz and music and conversation show and we've had everybody on that show over the years anybody who makes jazz music from stevie wonder to quincy jones george benson david sanborn kenny g we've had lee rittenauer we've had dave grusin we've had sade we've had i mean it's just uh, it's it's really uh, been a dream come true Gotta take a break. Dave Cos here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And when we come back, he's going to talk more about his radio show. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And here's Dave Cos playing you to break with You Make Me Smile.